Welcome to episode 129 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who recently survived several days without power, John Scott Sloat. It was tough. I imagine we have some listeners out there that had were without power longer uh, than I was, but we were almost two full days without power. Yes. Well, Nate in Ohio was uh, an extra day after mm. yours, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, the major storms come through, knock out the power, and then we get the two, two hottest days yeah. on record. I think, in I June. think record days, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. upper nineties temperature disgusting humidity, that sort of thing. So did you stay in the house or did you stay somewhere else? We went to my in-laws, Fort Wayne. I thought that may yeah. be what you would do. So of course, Fort Wayne also got hit. So I wasn't sure if they... Their part of Fort Wayne did it. I think it was like south. It was like toward Columbia City uh, areas of Fort Wayne that got that got hit pretty hard. Okay. All right. And uh, obviously into Ohio as well, where mm-hmm. Nate in Ohio resides. I, I drove down a road and as I'm driving down the road, you could see like Four telephone poles in a row had just snapped mm. like toothpicks. Yeah, it was. I think like, I think they said the winds were comparable to like a Category Two hurricane. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I heard gusts around a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. somewhere. So, which, God, I grabbed my uh, deck furniture and put it inside before that happened. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> uh, well, did I send did I send you the photo of what my yard looked like? You after? showed it to me. Okay, yeah. So we woke up and I hear my wife gasp. <laughs> and I said, what's going on? She goes, we just got something in the backyard. And she goes, you're going to love it. <laughs> It's going to it's going to increase your childhood whimsy or you know something like that. And I go to the window and I look out there and I look to the left first and I see a big bag of trash that had blown into our yard. I'm like, "Why do I care about this?" And then I look to the other side and a trampoline had blown into our yard. Uh, yeah. And uh and I spoke to my neighbor later that morning and she was telling me that uh the trampoline that was in their yard was anchored to the ground. <laughs> Um, so it, it pulled up whatever was anchoring it. Yeah, the stakes. I don't, I don't know how you anchor those things. But it, it it blew over the fence and settled in our yard. Okay. Have you returned the trampoline now? They came and got it. So okay. I got home from work that day fully intending to, to help them move it and, and they'd come over and gotten it. All right. Or it had blown elsewhere. Well, those were the two options. <laughs> okay. Yes, indeed. Um, and – Another big event this week. You started your new job. Here, I Grace. did. I did. My first day was a day without power. So yeah, I I drove from and campus had power, but but my house didn't. And I drove from Fort Wayne to to campus. Yeah. So you're learning the new ro- the 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 new ropes of the new job there. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to just fig- figure out who my coworkers are, you know, and then just trying to figure out thousand foot view what I'm supposed to do and. Uh, Probably a couple of weeks before I start actually doing those things, but yeah, just trying to just trying to figure it out. Okay, trying to figure it out if it's okay if I sneak away in the middle of the day to do a podcast. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Um, I mean, you just you take it up with your boss's boss. I I feel like I'm on pretty good terms with your. You don't really have a. 
you, I guess you don't really have a boss right now, do you? Technically, I, I technically I do. Technically, it's uh, who will be my boss's boss. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Basically, the guy who used to be the head of advancement, yeah, is now the president. Is, well, as of July first, will be the new president That's of right. the institution. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like we're both on pretty good terms with him. So, I, I think we can make that happen in terms of yeah, securing time for the podcast. Yes, and if we have issues, we will start this massive uh, social media campaign where we will have people, listeners, flood the Grace College yeah. social media. Uh, channels with uh, with demands. That's right to, to free John Sloat or offers of gifts to help John Sloat <laughs> in his <laughs> there new you job. Go. You know that'd be that'd be there helpful as well. Indeed. Well, if you would like to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at vnspod. You can email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And we would love for you to leave a five-star rating and a review Mm -hmm. on whatever platform you manage to access the show. All right. Let's talk some sports, John. So uh, doing something a little bit different today. We're recording actually on a Friday for an episode that won't release until the following Tuesday because you'll be out of town. Yes. Yes. I'll be in Duluth, Minnesota or north of Duluth, I believe. Okay. What on earth is in – Duluth. Yeah. So Andrew, besides the Duluth Trading Company, I imagine. I think it's there. Um, so it's on the north shore of Lake Superior. Okay. On, in uh, Minnesota. 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 And, uh, and Andrew's sister was supposed to run a marathon up there to qualify for like the Boston Marathon or mm-hmm. something like that. However, she got injured. Mm. And so she's not going to be able to run in that marathon. But we all had plane tickets and rental cars and places to stay. So we're still going to go up and have a good three or four days up there. Okay. It, I would imagine it's rel- relatively temperate there given this time of year. Like if you're – you know, from what I understand, I, I've known a couple people who've lived in Minnesota and they like to say you get like three weeks of summer. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going in the three week of yeah. summer uh, so. uh, spot. Okay. Is it a remote area? Like like are you out in the country, out on no, the we're, lake? we're like, on the shore. Okay. Um, I don't know ultimately what that means, um, but I don't think it's like let's go swimming. Like I don't think you do that in Superior. Yeah, right. Because I think like sixty, seventy percent of the year it's frozen. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. All right. Well, let's talk some sports here, John. Okay. Um, so the reason I brought up the unusual day we're recording is that we're recording on a Friday morning, but the NBA Finals are now over. Yep. Last night, Golden State beat Boston in Boston to win the series four games to two. Steph Curry, MVP. Yes, Stephanie did win the uh, the MVP and deservedly so. Um, Boston was a strange team to me. They would have stretches where they just looked like they were by far the better mm-hmm. team. And then they would just sort of lose their minds. Hmm. And uh, in games five and six in particular, what cost them was turnovers where they would uh, – at least in game five, I think they they shot more free throws. They shot – they made more threes, but they turned the ball over 18 times and Golden State turned it over seven. And there was – they had like 22 or 23 turnovers in game six. Like, I, I saw one statistic that said the Golden State Warriors and Al Horford were shooting like 55 percent from three or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
The Celtics were shoot. The Celtics minus Al Horford were shooting like nineteen. Yeah, they they certainly struggled to make shots, but but even that can be overcome to some degree if you don't turn it over. Like when you combine mm-hmm. poor shooting with turning the ball over, that's a very difficult recipe for success. So, uh, yeah, Golden State wins their fourth title in eight years. Uh, what's going on with the Mets? Uh, we just won another series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, we're a little banged up. Uh, bullpen's not looking great. The The thing that's interesting is so we've won the last two series against the Angels and against the Brewers. We lost against the Padres. There were some injuries there. And we split with the Dodgers um, mm-hmm. while we were out there. Uh, however, so that's a pretty good stretch. You should be able to maintain your first place. Yeah. We've lost like seven or eight games of ground uh, because the Braves have won 14 or 15 games in a row. Wow. Uh, so we're down to like a four or five game lead now. So that that seems to be the big the big news. The big freak out in Mets Twitter is yeah. about uh, the Braves winning 14 or 15 in a row. Yeah. Though, I mean, eventually they're going to come back to earth, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have those sort of fourteen-game winning streaks, and you know, eventually, especially in a season that's one hundred and sixty-two games, absolutely, you're going to have a, a seven-game losing streak, an eight-game, mm-hmm. eight, yeah. So, you know, if the if the Mets can just consistently win series or split series, they're not we're going to be fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, um, Stanley Cup Finals are underway. I actually caught Game One. Oh, really? really? I did. I was so uh, desperate for sports that I was interested in that I watched game one. Playoff hockey is a lot of fun. It is. It is. And it was an, it was, it was an interesting game. Colorado won uh, in overtime. So, By the way, Colorado hockey, um, great team name. The Avalanche? The Avalanche? Yeah. That's a great team name. Yeah. I, again, I, I know almost nothing about the NHL. But I didn't realize this is the third straight year that Tampa Bay is in the finals. Yeah, Tampa Bay is really good. So if this was like a major really – like, I mean the NHL is a major sport. Quote, but unquote. It, yeah. But it's significantly less popular than uh, obviously the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. I, I think it's it tends to be more regional. Like if your region has a team, mm-hmm. it's really popular in that region. So if you're – uh, in Denver right now. I'm sure the town is all about the avalanche and are talking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You get two hours outside of Denver, they're probably not talking about it. You know, whereas the NBA the NBA finals, I feel like, is a bit more national. Yeah. Uh, and I think this happens with baseball too, that it tends to be more regional. That's probably true. So I know when I was living in Pittsburgh, everybody was about the Penguins. And I mm-hmm. was watching the Penguins, although yeah. I'm not a massive, massive fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I imagine in Denver, I imagine in Tampa, everybody is uh, freaking out about their team. Yeah. So uh, I- I'm I'm at least intrigued mm-hmm. to to keep tabs on that. Um, oh, and uh, as we're recording, the U.S. Open Golf Tournament is going on. It must be Father's Day weekend. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, which here's here's what I, I one of the reasons I enjoy. I actually watched a decent chunk yesterday of first round. Uh, and part of what's great about the US Open is because the courses are so tough, it makes these elite level golfers look like Saturday afternoon hacks. 
Where uh, at where, points. Where where is it this year? It's where? outside of Boston, actually. Okay. Okay. I forget what the name of the course is. Okay. But you know they grow the rough really thick, and so mm-hmm. uh, you know there was one shot I forget the player, but um, you know he's in the rough, you can't even see the ball obviously on TV, and he swings. It looks like almost as hard as he can, and the ball like you see the ball like barely pop up above the grass, advance like twelve inches, and then go back down. Oh gosh! Like wh- who among us has not been there, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another guy I saw, uh, he was. Probably, I don't know, uh, three feet off the green. Okay. And he tried to do one of these like really high flop shots, you know, where you hit almost like straight up in the air and it lands. And well, he swung and he went completely under the ball and it didn't move. Like he so undercut it that, yeah. So again, it's just fun. It's fun for me, the guy who plays golf two, three times a year at most. Yeah. And hacks around and enjoys it, but to see these elite level golfers look like the Saturday afternoon hacker, mm-hmm. so I enjoy that. Yeah. All right, uh, you ready to talk some of our summer read here? Sure, sure. So today we are continuing our discussion of Mere Evangelism by Randy Newman, and uh, we are talking about chapters seven and eight. Oh, nope, sorry. Eight and nine. There you go. Eight and nine. The power of prayer and the timeliness of pushback. So, John, what's something that stood out to you from either of those chapters? So, in the prayer chapter, I appreciated just how uh, how much he talked about how challenging prayer is for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I do sometimes feel like. We don't talk about that enough maybe, that that this is a challenge. Uh, but then didn't just stay in that but also provided a solution, uh, talking about uh, the need to have a system of prayer mm-hmm. and to have uh, the names of nonbelievers be a part of that system of prayer. Yeah. And then talking about fixing our attention on the one uh, who we are praying to. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, thought, I thought those two points were – or what I pulled out of that chapter that were most helpful. How about you? Yeah, I think um, – and again, this this is a steady th- uh, thread that runs throughout the whole book, uh, how practical Randy is mm-hmm. um, in terms of making suggestions. And I, I, I found that suggestion really helpful in terms of intentionally um, having a list of unbelievers that you pray for regularly. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that honestly I don't I don't do enough consistently, um, and so I think that's that's just a real practical way to um, to engage in the work of evangelism yeah. uh, on a regular basis. Um, and I think for me, it's almost easier to default into praying for missionaries mm-hmm. or you know church planters or things like that, and even praying, you know, our, our churches. Uh, Working towards a, a church plant in a in a somewhat nearby town, and uh, even you know I had a prayer meeting for them recently, and praying for God to prepare the hearts even now of people that they'll be reaching out to, and um, you know even just reading this chapter just made me think, well, why am I not doing that more consistently with people in my own life, not just mm-hmm. for these sort of for missionaries or church planters, but specific people in my own life, so. Uh, and then chapter 
2009, right? Yes. Yeah. The pushback. Pushback. Um, what what grabbed your attention from that? Uh, I appreciated him highlighting Lewis's ability to anticipate pushback mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. how that – and I think a theme through the book, and we talked to Randy about this, was was his intentional reflection, like, like mm-hmm. thinking through uh, some of those uh, pushbacks. And, and he even highlighted doing it in such a way that's not a, like a gotcha winning points sort of a thing, but, but – Mm-hmm. More of a, a, a doing it in a, in a desire to win win the heart, win the soul uh, of, of the person. Yeah. So I, that's something I very much appreciate about that chapter. How about yourself? Yeah, I think um, I think Lewis uh, is a great model, and this is something that I think applies uh, can be applied even in our preaching and our teaching, not just strictly in the realm of direct evangelism, of anticipating objections, anticipating pushback, and then um, addressing it before the person even has a chance to kind of um, offer the pushback or at least laying the foundation so that uh, you're ready to address it. And some of that, again, just comes with intentionality of thinking about, well, what are issues in our culture that we're going to get pushback on? And uh, is that the chapter? I think is that the chapter where he specifically uh, deals with uh, with sexuality. I believe so. Yeah, um, where he basically kind of acknowledges, look, this is like one of the most pressing issues where Christians today are going to get pushback. So just be ready for it, mm-hmm. um, and to do it in a way that is, you know, firm but gracious. Uh, I think is uh, is is helpful. Um, I, I think. Randy models this really well uh, in here in terms of thinking through the kinds of objections and some of it too is just reading the situation right and the person. Oh yeah, oh, you know yeah. some people. If you give, you know, at one point he says Lewis was comfortable at points to saying that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. Now that may not be the best approach in all circumstances. Sure, you know, but. Um, to be able to offer pushback in a way that doesn't um, – that depending on the person. like, But but some people, if you're if you're too subtle, they'll just kind of brush it off. So mm-hmm. some people need that more direct like that's not right to kind of wake them up to, oh, you disagree. Well, why is that? Like so um, yeah, I think the, the skill of doing that in our culture gets harder and harder. I think it's way easier in personal conversations mm-hmm. as opposed to – you know, has pushback ever worked on social media? <laughs> like, like, I'm not saying you don't give pushback, but like, you know, that's a, there's just the world of social media, and then there's the world of personal conversations where mm-hmm. where you can, uh, I think, have a lot more reasonable conversations. So, anything else on those chapters? Uh, no, no. I, I I just want to reiterate how much I've enjoyed the book thus far, and excited to do uh, chapter ten in the conclusion uh, next week, right? Yes. Yes. So chapters 10 and conclusion. And then the week after that, interview. we will post the interview we did with Randy. Which was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So in light of uh, when we do the summer read, we like to pick some topics that are a little bit shorter for our main topic because uh, we, ha- we have a little bit less time to discuss those. And so uh, in our never-ending quest for content – 
and as we were coming up on needing content, uh, I came across an article by Tim Challies um, that we're going to just pull from here. It was called uh, 40 More Random Pieces of Advice for the Christian Life, which obviously he'd done a previous article, 40 Pieces of Random Advice for the Christian Life. Uh, but we're just going to do the more one, and uh, we're going to pull through this a little bit. Do you remember when when Chalice came to campus here at Grace? That was my year abroad. Your year of exile. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I was in Louisville. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, for part of that, he stayed in our home. Yeah, I knew that. That I was a lot that. of fun. That was a lot of fun. You, you said he was a, a, a good guy to hang out with, yes. basically. He was a good yes. conversationalist. Yes. Yeah. Um, he he had some interesting kind of behind-the-curtain insights on folks that uh, that we appreciate from our tribe. Yeah, yeah. You know, just – what what they were like off the stage, basically, like, and I mean to give our to this this I don't know if we've talked about his website much on our podcast, but it would be a good resource for anybody looking to uh, look into somebody that's a really thoughtful mm-hmm. Christian, yeah, uh, former pastor. Is that he was a pastor for a while and yes. then stepped away, I think, from pastoral ministry um, to to focus on I think the website, yeah. Uh, has a pretty wide readership. Mm-hmm. Uh, is pretty gracious, but but firm. Yeah. Um, his and it's just is it chalice.com? It is chalice.com. Uh, so I know I know lots of people who read it. It's well worth your time if mm-hmm. you, if you've never heard of it. He yeah. does great book reviews. Um, I remember when I was in seminary, he was going. I have a small office. Here are the best commentaries that I keep in my office mm-hmm. on these books. Yeah. Because I have a small office and I have limited shelves, I can't buy everything. So right. here's what I have. And that was a really wonderful series, walking through mm-hmm. book by book and why he has the commentaries he does. Yeah. Um, and I think every every weekday at least, he releases a what he calls an a la carte. Yeah. Which is like what, five or six links from across the web that he found interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a really good um, selection. And he has a he used to I don't know if he does it anymore. It's been a while since I followed him very closely. But he used to have a free stuffs Friday. Yeah, I don't know if he does that or not. Uh, did you know I won free stuffs Friday no. one time? <laughs> yes, yes. I was a seminary student, and I would just go on every Friday morning and and sign up for his free stuff Fridays. And I remember I got an email from him. I was like, Hey, you won. Give me your address, and I'll, I'll have the publisher send this to you. And it was. Uh, I won – it's a little bit of a white elephant now, but it was a three-ring binder of the ESV Bible. So what was the – like was that designed for – Well, here's the weird thing. It wasn't done by Crossway. It was done huh. uh, by Broadman Holman, I believe. Bro- really? Yeah, you'll have to. I Must believe have been so. before the CSB. Then, yeah, it would have been before the HCSB and the CSB translations. Yeah, that, that uh, they do that. I'll have to show it to you sometime because it's just a Massive. really, really large three ring binder <laughs> of the the ESV scriptures. And so, was it designed for you to like take notes or like? It does have wide margins. Okay, that is something that it has. Um, That's interesting. It's. I imagine it's also for the heretic out there that is looking to remove books <laughs> or pages okay. or passages or anything go. like that. Okay. Uh, it was done on regular printer paper as well, so it's it's a so you can like use Thick. an actual highlighter okay. on it. Yeah. Uh, think, but yes, I won this uh, through Chalice, and That's it's funny. I got it, and I remember going, "Oh, this is great!" And then I remember going. What do I do with this? What do I do with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 
Anyway, so uh, we'll just kind of pick through some of the uh, – again, it's entitled 40 random pieces. So uh, it will be all over the map. We'll pick some, riff on it a bit and then uh, and then move on. So why don't you get us started, John, with, with one of the 40. Oh, my goodness. And we won't uh, go in any particular order. We're just kind of randomly picking ourselves. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, you can count on it as a general rule that what you gain from a church service – will relate directly to your level of expectation and preparation. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that one. I think that's totally true. I don't think enough people do – and I lump myself in – pre-work for the service, like preparing my heart, Mm -hmm. maybe reading the passage ahead of time. I think that's a good exercise and practice to get into. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. How about you? What, what's what's your – any thoughts on that? Any, any Anything you want to say? Yeah, I think uh, I think our church does a, a solid job of trying to get out in front of that by having the here's next week's passage. Yep. Read it. Um, but yeah, I think when it comes to uh, how we benefit from a worship service, there there's a significant degree to which how much you prepare for that uh, – influences that. Um, I'll go with this one here. Uh, One of the best ways to show love to your friends is to show love to your friends' children. Mm -hmm. Take an interest in them, love them, and be a friend to them. Uh, To be honest, that's been one of the uh, best benefits of being a seminary professor Mm -hmm. uh, is having seminary students uh, that we get to know and they take an interest in our kids' lives and have uh, become mentors for them in mm-hmm. some cases. Um, I mean, I remember uh, multiple instances of you and others coming to our kids' elementary basketball games or things like that, or just being over at the house, uh, hanging out with them, showing an interest in them, playing with them, talking with them, um, paring down their Christmas list. Yes, you yes. have for for a several year window. You provided a major service to our family <laughs> by helping our oldest son pare down a Christmas list into something that is reasonable and ta- tangible. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Anyway, we don't need to get into it. Um, I'll say so. One of the reflections. So when John Stott passed away, mm-hmm. when was that? Was that like two thousand? Eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that ballpark. Sure. Uh, I remember one of the, uh, you know, I don't know what you call them, uh, articles about his life. Uh, one of the reflections was that anytime he walked into a room, he went directly for the children. Hmm. Uh, if he walked into somebody's house and was was there for dinner, yeah, he would walk in and spend a good fifteen to twenty minutes with the children uh, yeah. every single time. And I think that's a good discipline to be in. Absolutely. What do you got next? Um, I, this one resonated with me. Understand that if you uh, if you will only follow those in position of authority over you when they do things you want them to do anyway, you're not actually submitting to their leadership. Sometimes submission to our leaders means joyfully following their leadership even when you disagree with it. Yeah. I think that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hard one for for all of us um, to to do. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um. Particularly in this age of, uh, you know, feeling like everybody has to voice their opposition, uh, and I think that this is particularly hard when it feels so easy to step away from a church and move on to another church. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Um, here's another one. Distinguish between reading the Bible for depth and reading it for breadth. In other words, invest some effort in going deep into particular books, chapters, and verses, and also some effort into gaining an overview of the entire book. Read fast sometimes and slow other times. Read huge passages on some occasions and small ones on others. Um, and then I'll tie this with another one. In your personal devotions, try listening to the Bible if you typically read it or try uh, reading the Bible yeah. if you typically listen to it. Both are good and both are modeled in scripture. Uh, each engages the mind in different ways. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think uh, it can be easy for believers to fall into a rut with, uh, with Bible reading. And I think those are two helpful tips to uh, help keep it um, dynamic, mm -hmm. uh, especially the breadth and depth thing. Uh, I think people tend to gravitate towards one or the other. So they're like, I'm going to read through the whole Bible in a year. Great project. I've yeah. done it myself several times. Uh, it's valuable. You see big picture stuff. You're moving through. You're getting exposure to the whole breadth of scripture. But uh, there's also a great value to saying for the next month, I'm just going to soak myself in Ephesians mm -hmm. or our church is preaching through Deuteronomy. For the next several months during that, I'm just going to read through De Deuteronomy over and over again. I'm going to pick specific passages and do a little deeper dive. Um, just variety I think is a, is, a good, uh, is a good thing there. Yeah. I think changing things up often gives you another perspective, certainly in Bible reading, but certainly in other, other areas of life as yeah. well. And related to that can be read a different translation. Mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely. It's, it's great to have a go-to standard translation that you read from. Uh, but sometimes reading a different translation, even just, you know, we're both ESV for the most part, though you you, dip, you read a lot of CSB, I think, I like, too. Yeah, my daily readings in CSB, yeah. Um, but, you know, those are relatively close translations. But even still, between yeah. those, you'll see some different nuances in the translations. Yeah. What do you it's, got? It's always my nod to the Southern Baptist, really. Um, <laughs> Uh, relational problem solving. This is a theme on the podcast. Uh, relational problem solving is almost done best is always best done face to face. Uh, when that's not possible, FaceTime or a phone call is second best. Email and social media are usually about as bad as it gets. Fight the tendency to attempt to solve problems at a distance instead of close. Mm -hmm. uh, there is, yeah, that that's just a true statement that I wish uh, everybody would 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 follow and learn yeah, in this age. And I, I think it's even come up on the podcast already today. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think um, this next one uh, I'm sure hits very close to home for, for Tim. Uh, when someone suffers a sore loss, grieve with them and offer them your condolences in a way that is appropriate to your relationship. Mm -hmm. But then also put the anniversary of that loss on your calendar and get in touch with them a month and a year later to say that you remember them and are praying hmm. for them. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who don't know, uh, Tim Challey's uh, son – who was 20 yeah, tw two, 2022? S somewhere between 21 and 23. He yeah. was, a, was he still a student at Boyce College at the time? Yes, I think he was getting ready to graduate. Okay. Um, uh, completely unexpectedly died from an un unknown, undiagnosed heart condition, from what I understand, right? Where it's just he was, I think, playing 
spike ball or or frisbee or something and literally just mm-hmm. collapsed. Um, and so uh, just a heartbreaking loss for him and his family. His son was engaged to be yeah. married. Uh, just a tragic, tragic um, situation. Uh, so that that's spoken from a by a person who has walked through something that is about as hard to envision as anything you can imagine. So wise advice there. What else you got? Um, I, uh, I, so I had read the other article as well, the 40, and I was looking for one that was on that list, but I won't go there. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's our show, John. We can do what we want. We can so, link to the other article. If <laughs> so in, in, in that article, he says, sing loudly in church. And I appreciate that. <laughs> he said, especially men, just just really belt, belt it, it out. out. Don't don't mumble. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's something that can be neglected or eye rolled at sometimes. I, I mean, I remember being in seminary, guys going, man, I just want two sermons, not not some singing. Yeah. And I think as I, as I – and I think I would have – I don't think I ever would have said that in seminary, but I think I would have thought that. Um, and and now I just I, I appreciate some good congregational singing. Yeah, you know I appreciate sure. some uh, some uh, and I appreciate some volume. And that's something uh, my wife has noticed about me is I I get loud. <laughs> it's not particularly good either. <laughs> yes, so. yes. You know who is a loud singer at our church? Our lead pastor. Really, he is. Have I you believe not heard that. Him? Well, I've never sat near him. I don't sit near him, and I hear him. Really? Yeah. Now, typically, it might be because he's holding a note longer than the rest of the larger congregation, but he's um, he's a loud singer, and not in an obnoxious way or anything, but like not in a Seinfeld episode sort of way. No, 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 no. no. Um, let's see here. Uh, before you visit a country or culture that is not your own, ask someone what customs yeah. you should practice and what customs you should avoid in order to prevent offense. What is polite in your culture may be downright insulting in another, and what is insulting in your culture may be courteous in another. That's just sage advice for 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 traveling there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, don't don't go in with uh, with the big camera and the loudness and the. Something Americans get dinged for all the time. Well, and even um, one custom that uh, as Americans we're very, very used to is tipping mm-hmm. at a restaurant. There are plenty of countries and cultures where tipping is not done. Like they most where they most other cultures. where they pay the the wait staff an actual wage. Right. Do you know wait staff? <laughs> I, I was recently talking to a server and uh, and the pay for waitstaff has not changed since I was a server when I was in seminary. Gosh, what was that? 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. Hmm. It is still, at least in the state of Indiana, 2.16 an hour oh they gosh. make. 2.16 an hour. Yeah. Um, anyway. OK. Let's each go one more here. OK. Uh, one of the rare virtues in the work uh, in the workday world is uh, the ability to take things to completion. It takes little skill to begin something, but often takes great skill and perseverance to complete it well. I appreciate that. Very true. And I think that's true. Very true. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll, I'll go with this one. Terms like introvert and extrovert may be helpful descriptors of personality types. 
but they should never be used as an excuse to neglect opportunities to love and serve others. Whether introverted or extroverted, be dutiful in all God calls you to, even when it cuts against the grain. I remember reading an article by Tim Challies about that, where he read there's, – there's a book called uh, Quiet um, that was big. Oh, my goodness. I was probably in seminary. But it was The Power of Extroverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, that his wife actually called him out on it because he was using that book as an excuse to like not engage with people. So I could see, I could see this being a uh, – Yeah. I, I, I know him a little bit and he's, he's definitely more bent towards the mm-hmm. introvert side of things. Um, but I think this is one of the dangers to me of all of the like personality testing and things and gift testing and strengths testing and all these – there can be a place for that. I'm not like throw them all out. But sometimes they can be misused oh, absolutely. as a, yep. well, my gifts are this. Mm-hmm. So I should never even worry about having to do this other group of things that God commands me to do because it doesn't fit my personality bent or my strengths or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I remember having a student who took one of these tests and goes, oh, I'm this way, this way, this way. That's why you all annoy me and I don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> and I went, that's – the purpose of these tests is to understand yourself better and yeah. understand your weaknesses at times also. Right. Um, yeah, for and, sure. And to use those gifts to love others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and even tying back to our conversation about uh, about evangelism. You know, some people are like, "Oh, I'm just not extroverted, so I could never, you know, ha- be the person to to strike up a conversation with somebody sure. or th- things like that." I'm like, well, um, you know, that is something that we as believers are called to do. Or, or on the flip side of it, you get these raging extroverts who are like, "I can't sit still long enough to to read my Bible or to pray or to be alone." That's not the way I'm wired. Yeah. Don't have to do. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting fun stuff in in, yeah. in this article. So, um, but uh, I think we probably need to move on, don't you think? Here, yeah, uh, this day in sports history, uh, June twenty first, twenty twenty two, nineteen thirty nine. Good year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, the New York Yankees announced Lou Gehrig's retirement after doctors reveal he had – oh, my goodness. You put the disease in here. <laughs> Amytrophic uh, lateral sclerosis. Did I get that right? I think so. OK. And, and and so basically because no one can pronounce it, we yeah. just started calling it Lou Gehrig's Lou disease. Lou Gehrig's disease, yeah. Um, wow. In the middle of the season, announced his retirement. Yep. Uh, 1986, another good year. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner Bo Jackson signs a three-year contract to play baseball with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, that was uh, – there's a lot of – you know, when he came out of, of college, uh, would he play baseball? Would he play football? That's one of the one of the better 30 for 30s on, on Bo Jackson. Yeah. That's a yeah. really good one. He was uh, arguably the – the most the the freakiest freak athlete that I can remember in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, who else has done the two sports thing? Uh, Dion. Dion did it. Is anybody? Is there anybody else on that list? Uh, not that I remember. Okay. Nineteen ninety eight. You U.S. Open men's golf uh, at the Olympic Club. Oh my goodness! Uh, in San Francisco. Is that what? Is mm-hmm. that, okay, yeah. okay. I want to make sure I get your uh, get, get this right. 
Lee Jansen yep. recovers from seven strokes down to win his second U.S. Open title, one stroke ahead of runner-up Payne Stewart. Yes. That's quite a rally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure I was watching golf at that time because I was alive. Um, <laughs> 2012. Uh, that should be NBA finals. NBA right? finals. I was like, what are the BA finals? <laughs> I was like, the Badminton Association yeah, finals. Uh, Miami Heat win their second NBA title uh, beating Oklahoma City Thunder 121-106 in game five. Yeah. I at first went, looked at that and went like Oklahoma City wasn't a team then, but it definitely was. They had yeah. they had Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, they had Russell Westbrook yes. and they had James Harden. Yes. Now that was before Harden blew up. Yes. In terms yes. of like being what he was in his prime. But he was a great sixth man. He was off a the great bench. sixth man. Yes. And they they had a young. Didn't they have a young Serge Ibaka? They had a young Serge Ibaka on that team. That was a fun team to watch. Yeah, that was a team that if they had stayed together, they would have, have dominated this yeah. decade. Yeah. So, don't you think Russell Westbrook blew that whole thing up a little bit? Um, well, wasn't, um, who, I mean, they got, did they trade Harden to get value for him because they didn't want to sign him? I'm trying to remember what the sequence was. I think they got rid of him and then it was Westbrook and Durant and they couldn't get past the Warriors and, Mm -hmm. um, and so they, and that was the KD uh, burner account off season, right? <laughs> Where he had a burner <laughs> yes. Twitter. Yeah, oh, he man. needs to stay off off social media. Does him no favors. What, what do you like out of this list? Oh my goodness, I forgot we had to pick one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly don't like Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, <laughs> um, let's go with Bo Jackson. That's on. That's I, I like a good Bo Jackson okay. story. Yeah, for sure. One thing you liked. Uh, so this past weekend, my life group had a cookout and uh, we were at uh, somebody who has some properties and he pulled out a 1970s John Deere tractor. Okay. And uh, he goes, John, you ever drive a tractor? I said, nope. He goes, you are today. And so <laughs> I, I hopped in the driver's seat of this like, – like I don't think it was a huge – like it wasn't like a huge tractor, but it was <clears> – <throat> I had to climb up into it. Yeah. You know, it was it was a big tractor, and it was I've just never driven a tractor before, so uh, I got to I got to drive a John Deere. So tractor. was it? Did it have like a like a a cabin for lack of a better term, like that enclosed, or was it open air? It was open air. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was uh, a diesel engine. You know, yeah. it was it was it was. I mean, I can see why people enjoy doing it. I can see why children in the Midwest play with tractors. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember. Well, it was it was last summer. Our combined life groups were oh, at, yeah. this, at this person's same the same person's property. They have beautiful property. It's a great piece of land. Um, and uh, was that the first time you rode a four wheeler or drove a four wheeler? No, I'd, I'd done four wheelers okay. before. Um, might have been the might have been the first time my wife was on a four wheeler. That might have been. Yeah. Um, after that evening, we were sitting around the fire and it was getting dark. And then all the coyotes started howling like all over the place. And I'm just like, where the heck am I? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this. And uh, yeah. but, you know, uh, Lee didn't, didn't respond to it at all. And just yeah. went, yeah, that's normal. And, oh, For sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, Lee's a good dude. He's got a great family there. Yeah. All right. How about you? Uh, so uh, this is more directly something uh, that my wife enjoyed this week. She uh, was at the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference down in Indianapolis. Oh. And um, she enjoyed taking in some of the messages. Uh, she also helped out at the Grace booth yeah. where we're promoting the seminary and yep. uh, got to meet different people through that. Uh, and she saw friends from you know around the region that she didn't know were coming to the conference like Zach in Ohio's wife is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw and, that on Twitter that she was there. Yeah. And so – and then also saw one of her college roommates that she hasn't seen in probably – Oh, goodness. It, um, has it been 10 years maybe at least? Yeah. Wow. So That's great. Yeah, just fun for her to, to, to experience that and also get to uh, to get some good time with uh, with one of her best friends, Beth, mm. who's helping out with the seminary booth as well. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So more of a one thing she liked. I don't enjoy being away from her, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad she, she got to go and experience that. Though she did tell me. I'm not a conference person. <laughs> uh, too many people, uh, too many long lines. Yeah. So it, it it does take a bit to adjust to that, and the, you know, figuring out. Okay, so the seminar I want to go to is in what room? How do I get there? Where is that in the convention center here? So, convention centers can be a little disorienting as well. Yes. They're so big, and quite frankly, the organization of them doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Oftentimes, I'm yeah. sure it makes sense for a. Like oh yeah we're gonna have we're gonna roll a bunch of RVs in here and yeah. and do that but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a lot of formal teaching like that for sure for sure well we have talked some sports we've talked our summer read we've talked about John's new job a little bit little and bit. Um, we've talked uh, about a Tim Challey's article random pieces of advice we've talked about Bo Jackson. We've talked about John driving a tractor and now his desire to buy land in the country and become a farmer. And we've talked. <laughs> that feels like a lot of added material. That's a lot of subtext there that yeah. I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just reading into it. Okay. A bit okay. You're going the Wendell Berry route. <laughs> uh, and we talked about my wife attending Gospel Coalition Women's. And so I think uh, by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. So all that's left to say is until next time. The Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.